Welcome to the Daddyhood Rocks podcast with John Wolford and Brandon Miller. We are here to encourage you, empower you, and strengthen you so you can engage, level up, and have fun being a dad. We are going to have guests, deep conversations, hilarious stories, and insights that will give you the strength you need so you can be the dad you gotta be. And now, here are your hosts, John Wolford and Brandon Miller. Welcome to episode number two of the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. We are so excited about this this episode. Uh, For one, we have a guest. Uh, Also, we're still standing. I mean, I guess we're sitting. But uh, what a great episode in store for you. Um, And, uh, you know, we we cover a whole bunch of things, including magic poop, which I was not expecting. But, um, yeah, so this is Brandon Miller and? I'm the understudy, John Wolford. You're a punk. All right. Thank you, understudy. I mean, Wolfie, John Wolford. Uh, so speaking of magic poop, let me tell a quick story as disgusting as it is. So our oldest, Xander, uh, when he was you know, wearing onesies and in a crib, uh, I, I came to him after he was waking up from a nap rather grumpily and loudly and uh, I noticed, like, I was about 10 feet away from his crib, and it did not smell very good. And as I approached, I noticed there was a mess everywhere. I mean, it was so utterly disgusting. And every which way that poop could go, it went. And so there was poop down the legs of his onesie. There was poop that went up his back and through his sleeves. So there, then there was poop coming out of his wrist. Uh, on his his onesie and there's no other explanation there's no other explanation other than that poop was magical that was able to transport itself from his butthole through his diaper through every other part of his uh, attire and so that that was an introduction to daddyhood for me john what kind of magic poop stories might you have yeah you know um and i i need to preface this with my son has multiple occasions where something like this has happened almost um, exactly. Uh, But the best one, we're sitting at Steak and Shake. And um, for those of you around the country that don't know what Steak and Shake is, um, it's a kind of diner type field burger burger shack. Um, And my son, Johnny, this is my oldest. He is sitting in the high chair and we begin to smell what the very distinct smell of poo. And um, when we go to get him out of the high chair, we realize that the high chair, he's sitting in a pool of his own, um, well, magic poop. And uh, so we actually ended up having to roll the high chair to the bathroom um, because there was no way I was carrying my son and his um, magic poop waiters through uh, Steak and Shake. So we (laughs) rolled the high chair through Steak and Shake back to the bathroom. Everybody knew what was happening. Um, and got him cleaned up in the bathroom. Thankfully, we did have a sh- uh, change of clothes, and Steak and Shake was great about uh, helping us uh, sanitize that high chair after the fact. And what a magical story. Thank you for sharing. All right, man. Hey, I, I'm highly amused uh, by the fact that our guest also has uh, a magical poop story. What a great guest. Tell me what you know about him. Yeah, so uh, today we've got on Chase Steffiari, or some some people might know him as Sergeant 
Chase Steffiari. Um, so uh, Chase uh, and I met in basic training. Uh, I it, This was actually really difficult because I never called him Chase up until now. Uh, he was always Steph or Steffiari. Um, he and I, uh, along with a couple other guys, just kind of formed a, a deeper brotherhood than the Army already provides. Um, we became close. He walked with me through... Uh, a lot of the difficult situations in my life, even um, after basic training when we worked together. And uh, man, just what a cool guy and what a great first guest to have on the show. Um, yeah, I can't wait for y'all to hear from him. He's a, he's a great guy. And like you said, he does have a magic boot story himself. Fantastic. All right. With that said, let's just uh, toss the ball to the running back, zooming out of the backfield, heading towards the end zone. Let's just get you guys straight to the interview with Chase Steffiari. Um, tell us a little bit about Audrey and um, how old she is, what she likes, what you like to do together. So um, I have my daughter, Audrey. She's three and a half. She's the light of my life. She uh, keeps me motivated. Um, I'm in the Army. Um, I have two careers going, so I'm in the Army, and I have my civilian career. So um, being a dad as well as kind of being like that third career or that third big kind of uh, major thing in your life to kind of juggle. So uh, she's she's my life, man. Um, without her, I don't think I would be as far as I am, as young as I am. So um, it's just, it's a, it's a miracle. I really, she's a miracle. Yeah, you've definitely got um, a lot to juggle. So kind of without giving um, too much, I know you, you can't give too much. Uh, tell us what you do and, and um, how you manage right now. So um, it's it's funny you, you bring that up because, as you know, with COVID, uh, everything's changed. Well, what I do on the civilian side is, guess what? I make medicine. So uh, my civilian job is even, uh, if not as busy as my Army life now, um, I'm just now full-time. Um, I can say when I just all COVID began, I was part of testing and testing folks. And we tested folks all through um, New Hampshire. And uh, I was lucky enough to be at two stationary sites uh, during a, a period of time. Now I'm doing a little something different on the back end um, in regards to tracking folks who um, who've been exposed as well as folks uh, who test positive, who, who become patients. So as you guys have seen in the news, numbers are only skyrocketing across, across America. Um, in New Hampshire, we're a smaller state. I'm sure uh, you guys know that. It's incredibly um, – we don't have enough people to, to just to, to track this type of different event that we have going on that we've really never seen in America, and we've never really had um, – kind of like a, a, a you know a t50 or a rule book to go oh this is what we do when this happens it's kind of as the you know it's by the seat of your pants so it's it's honestly guys it's crazy we we're living in, a, in a, a an odd time without a doubt now uh, for you chase with being in the national guard and with being connected with your daughter I mean, how does that impact your role as a dad so I can tell you it's had a traumatic um, mm. impact. And the reason is, for example, you know, um, when, with COVID hit, I became full-time and I actually didn't see my daughter for, for two months, um, which, 
you know, you have your deployments and, and other military branches, but this was, um, I had a 24 hour notice and then it was, you know, wheels up. Um, I didn't see her because, you know, where I was being exposed to this disease that we didn't have a lot of knowledge on. I didn't want to bring that to her and I didn't want to bring it to my family. I was away from my, you know, my home. I was away from my, you know, my dogs and my cats and uh, for that period of time until we've kind of had a more clear um, picture. And myself as a dad, I made the decision, you know, I, it's a, at the point where, you know, if I'm doing, doing and wearing the proper PPE and all that fun stuff, I can, I can stay home and, and watch my, um, symptoms if I have any and, and just kind of, you know, play it smart and be educated on the matter. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, that's really important right now. And you're right. We didn't know a lot about it. Um, I'm in healthcare myself and it's, it's traumatic was a perfect word for you to use there. I think, um, it takes a big toll on your relationship with your kids. Um, not quite inversely. Um, you know, you've you've got a civilian career on on a on the daily basis with your civilian career when you're not full time when you're not activated. Um, how does your role in the National Guard kind of play into you being a dad? So it's not as traumatic, but it definitely has its moments. You know, as the National Guard, um, a lot of folks don't know it's more than one week in a month, two weeks a year. Uh, and what I mean by that is one drill week in a month and two uh, an AT and active duty training a year. Um, I can tell you myself, I've done, since I've been in the National Guard, about 100 days of active duty service uh, a year. Wow. So that's about a third of the year that I'm full-time, which typically, I have to say, it's a Monday through Friday type of situation. However, um, it's always last second, and it's kind of adjusting your home life. And and sorry, you know, sorry, I'll adjust, and I have to make it work for Big Army, like I like to say. Um, but that's part of the sacrifices that I decided to make for, for our country. Um, it's what's been good for me. It's, it's work. I've decided to reenlist, uh, because it hasn't affected my daughter enough to where I think it's a negative impact. I actually think it's been a very positive impact, uh, to have her at a young age see, and be close to someone who values our country and wears the uniform and, and has that type of, um, cause I do, I, I, I do think this country is the greatest country and I, and I have great pride in serving and, and I have great pride in serving the state that I serve. So I do think it's, it's been a positive influence to her. And she's always asking me, uh, when I get dressed and I put my uniform on, she goes, Oh, you must be going to work daddy. So, um, it's, it's always, uh, it's always a nice thing when I hear that in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, with, with your parenting responsibilities, you've um, mentioned to me before you're, you're a single dad. Um, and so that brings kind of its own um, twist into things. Uh, so how do you make being, and I say this lightly, a, a part-time dad, I, I myself am um, a dad of two children who don't live with me full-time as well. Um, and so you've kind of got this, it almost feels like a part-time role sometimes. How do you make that feel like a full-time role, uh, for her especially? So, um, it's definitely, um, I know I'm there more than part-time, but I feel like I'm only there part-time. 
Um, and that is just because between work and daycare and, and army and, and, you know, everything that happens in life, it's just, I'm not, I don't feel as if I'm there uh, enough. And that's kind of um, an insecurity that I do have. But at the same time, um, I have such a close bond with my daughter that um, when I had that insecurity and then she sleeps with me at night or, or um, when I pick her up from daycare and I can hear her screaming, daddy's here, daddy's here from outside. It kind of, that security and the insecurity that I do have, I bury it because that I must be doing something right. If a three and a half year old is that excited to see her dad every single time. And I have her three days, one week, four days, the next. So to have that excitement, I must be doing something right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, question for you that was not on our list of questions, but uh, what advice do you have for other dads who are, say, in the National Guard or in the military, dads who frequently have to, to be out quite a bit for extended periods of time? What advice do you have for dads in that same situation? Don't take the time for granted. Mm. And that's that's something that I say about everything in my life from you know deaths and things like that not to get on that type of subject but don't take it for granted because it only happens once they're only going to turn three once they're only going to turn you know and you may be away for this you know when they turn three or or anything like that luckily i have not deployed overseas but there are folks who do miss these birthdays and and christmas parties and christmas and and all all of that. So my advice is don't take literally anything for granted from changing those, those diapers. You don't want to change to staying up at, you know, late at night. I woke up with my daughter when she was um, all the way until she was, I think 11 months old is when she stopped waking up at night. I got up with her at night because I just, that was my time to look at this precious thing that God has given me. Um, and I, I never took that for granted. And that's something I, I do feel confident and good about myself is it's not something I ever took for granted. Um, and still, sometimes now I wake up at night and if she's, I do, sometimes she co-sleeps with me and I roll over and I see her and she's snoring. And I, I just, I don't take that for granted because we don't know what will happen tomorrow. And, and I could be somewhere else or, you know, you just, I take everything day to day because you have to. Fantastic. On the, the same same sort of coin there. Uh, so just for dads in general, new dads, the kind of the main audience for this podcast are, is new dads, young dads. What advice do you have in general for dads who want to be engaged or who want to up their game a little bit or who want to just have fun, and dad, fun as dads? What advice do you have for dads just getting into the game for the first time? I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. It's have an open mind because you're going to see things about yourself. And, and like, for example, when I figured out I had a little girl, I'm like, Oh, a little girl. I mean, I'm happy that I'm going to have a little girl, but, uh, <laughs> and now it's, she's wrapped around my finger. Now I'm letting her paint my, letting her paint my fingernails and I'm, I'm letting her comb what's left of my hair. And, and, and it's just have fun with it because you have to, you have to be able to have fun with your children. You have to be able to have show that affection, not just love, but that affection of um, that intimacy of, of friendship in a way of friendship, but um, just love your, love your kids and don't be afraid to, to love them because they need it. You know, that's, that's really my advice. 
Oh, that's fantastic. And I think for John, this gives him, uh, you know, an excuse to, since he has two stepdaughters, you know, an excuse to, to, you know, keep on wearing fingernail polish. I mean, he, he relishes that. <laughs> I'm sure you know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have to paint my own anymore. It's great. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Pink ain't looking so bad, I don't think. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll keep on rolling. I got him. Uh, so, uh, so now, so kind of just as far as like you looking at yourself as a dad, uh, what would you say has made you successful as a dad? And then after you answer that, then we'll kind of talk about the, the flip side of that. But what has made it work for you as a dad? What works well? So I have to say this, um, I'm not a patient person by any means. And I'm quite mean that, uh, quite literally, I'm not a patient person. I'm go, go, go hundred miles an hour, get out of my way so I can get things done with my daughter. Um, it's odd. I'm super patient. I'm like a totally flip person. And it's, it's just odd. It's not odd, but it's, I just catch myself sometimes going, how can I be at so ease being a father and doing this? That is something that is so important to me and, and it can be nerve wracking, but you know, other type things that are, I won't say as important, but um, that requires that same level of patience. I just don't have. And it's just so it's um, it's like, I can't describe it. I just, I, sometimes I think about it and I just chuckle to myself and go, it's just an odd quality that I didn't think I would ever have. And I, I think that is like the best thing about me. Fantastic. Now, every dad has at least one struggle once in a while. John, John, you know, he has maybe a struggle once a year. But for you, what what kind of difficulties or challenges do you face as a dad? What's tough for you? So I can't even say it's tough. My my daughter Audrey is so inquisitive and way ahead of her age. So. Um, for, for example, um, she does not like pizza. Any type of pizza, she doesn't like it. Well, the other night we're over at my friend's house having dinner and he has two young kids her age and they're all eating pizza and we had gotten just literally bread dough with cheese. And I'm like, Audrey, it's a quesadilla. And she looks at it and she goes, no, daddy, that is pizza. You know I don't like pizza. So there is no, um, you can't trick her. Listen, you can't you can't do anything like that she's she's already watching me she's already three steps ahead of me at three and a half years old and um it's just very uh i just smile it's just funny all right so yeah. oh, go ahead oh no i was i was just going to go along with that you know fatherhood brings its own sort of challenges um and and like you say you can't she's she's ahead of you um but another challenge that is not quite often talked about enough um, is the grossest or most embarrassing um, that you've had as a dad. Uh, can you tell me, give me a story. Oh, embarrassing. So um, Audrey's very blunt as well. Just like me, I'm very blunt. So we're in, we're in Walmart um, and she's sitting in the cart in front of me and she's looking at people and all this stuff. And, uh, someone was, you know, those automated carts and, um, this person happened to be a little bigger, um, than what Audrey's probably ever seen. And I'm Audrey's pushing me out of the way. And then all of a sudden as loud as she could, daddy, why is she so fat? 
I'm like, so I'm covering her mouth, and I mean, I'm like, I'm just shell shocked. Cannot believe that this came out of my little girl, and I'm like running down the the aisle. I'm trying to I'm trying to get out of Dodge, man. I'm trying to run and run. Um, and that's just that's part of her her little uh, Audreyisms. Is she's just super super blunt at, at with everything. Um, so that's one of them. I, I mean, I it's hard to name specific ones because I can I can I get embarrassed quite easy. And she does such a good job at embarrassing me. Um, we're go- like we're going through the store. It might have been Hannaford or Walmart. And all of a sudden, you know, she she toots. That's what we call it, toots. And all of a sudden, same thing. She yells, "I just, uh, you know, I just tooted everyone. I'm just like Daddy." <laughs> yes. So I mean. Uh, it's not super embarrassing, but at the same time, probably not something I want the whole store to know. But um, there's plenty of those, you know, those little Audreyisms I like to call it. You know, any any gross stories, stories that might, might have turned your stomach a little bit. So I, um, I'm really I have a strong stomach when it comes to Audrey. For again, another quality. I'm weird. I'm anything else is gross, and I've worked in a jail and. and I don't have a strong stomach, but when she was younger in diapers and she wasn't crawling yet, I remember she's, you know, uh, she'd woken up at like 2 a.m. And I, you know, I opened the door and I could smell that she had, uh, had a number two. And my God, it was up her neck. It was like front neck. It was all the way in the front and the back. I was like... I didn't know that was possible. I didn't, that was the, I'm just shocked. I mean, it was, I'm not kidding you guys. It was coming out of her neck. I thought something was wrong. Dude. <laughs> you, you, have, you have just described what I have coined the phrase for. It's magic poop. It, it comes out from nowhere and you know, goes up and down sleeves and onesies and in the wrong places and out the wrong places. That, yeah, that's magic poop. Every single crack and roll this this little girl had, it was filled with poop. It was just incredibly disgusting. And I just remember that's when I, at the time with her and her mom and I uh, were together and I'm like waking her up. I'm like, you gotta help me. We need, we need two adults to take care of this. This is horrible. This is absolutely horrendous. Another story like that is when she's discovered taking off her diaper and a very similar story. I opened the door and just, just poop everywhere, just all over the wall. It was just, she, that she was young then. It was just not a good time. So my, my other advice to you, young dads and moms and everyone out there, when you put your child to bed, make sure they have pants on. So they don't take that diaper off and they don't play with it. Or at the very least duct tape. Yes. <laughs> duct tape is good for lots of things. Yes. <laughs> Man. All right. Now I shift into another question that was not on, on the, the list of questions for you. So imagining ahead, I, I, I love daydreaming about kind of the future of, of for my two sons, they're uh, six and seven. And I never, I'm not envisioning like, hey, they're going to be a doctor, they're going to be a lawyer, but just imagining like what their character is going to be like, what what kind of things they might be leaning towards doing, that sort of thing. 
what, when you imagine ahead 10, 15 years down the road for Audrey, what kind of things come to your imagination? So Audrey already at such a young age is already shown that she's intelligent um, above her peers or, or folks, kids her age. And, but she also has a very, um, I can tell she's in touch with her feelings. She's in touch with her emotions at such a young age that um, I see her in like a caregiving type of environment. You know, you know, John, like nursing and things like that, where she's, you know, it's not easy. It's you have to have certain skill, a skill set and intelligence set because she's just so caring and she's so, um, you know, she's always inquisitive. She wants to do the right thing. I don't discipline her. I don't have to. She disciplines herself. Mm. So I just see um, she has so much potential that more than I could possibly ever have at such a young age. She has just incredible amount of potential that I do. I think about the same, is she going to go in the nursing or, or she loves animals too. Is she going to go and be a vet? Is she going to go and do these types of things? Is she going to have a hundred kids? Am I going to have a bunch of, you know, grandkids running around because she is just so loving and caring and and already it's at such a young age. She's like a, um, like a, like a flower. She's just precious like a flower and as beautiful as a flower, but she's just, that precious being and I just, I really, I want to keep it in like a glass little hut away from this world and keep her as precious as she is today. I'm always doing the same type of daydreaming and wondering what she's going to do and how far she's going to uh, go. That's awesome. John, uh, you didn't think I was going to be turning that question on to you, but what kind of things do you dream ahead in, in imagining ahead for, for all of your clan? Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about last episode, I have a zoo, and um, <laughs> each, <laughs> each child is so different. I mean, um, Riley is so strong-willed, but so loving, and is similarly, just in touch with her emotions. Johnny, the same way, Denver doesn't give a rat's patootie. You can tell him whatever you want, and he'll, you know, walk on. And so, you know, I, I don't similarly to you, Brandon, I, I, I don't think, oh, hey, I hope they become that. But man, I just want, want to have my kids who are what they are now, just good kids that love their parents and love their siblings, and love their friends. Um, I want to have that remain long term. I don't want that to go away. So I don't mean to, to interrupt, but my grandmother, when I was a young age, has always told me this, that she has always wanted to leave her kids one step ahead than what she was given. And that is something that I think I was 10 or 12 years old when I started um, really, really like that's something I, a quote I think about every day now, especially now that I'm a dad is I want to leave my daughter at least one step ahead than me and where I was brought up and having that safe haven for her is something that I think is just so important in today's age, especially for, for little girls. So, um, it's actually funny. You said that one of you, one of your little girls is, is, um, I don't, I dare I say sensitive, but that type of, um, sensitivity to their emotions, to what's around them. Um, so that's actually really interesting. Thinking of what you just said about your, what your grandma said, uh, the, the one word that comes to mind that I, I, I love thinking about um, is the word legacy. You know, what you leave behind for, for your kids. So uh, here, here's just kind of a uh, soon to wrap up the interview, but just uh, 
a, a thought to kind of have you chew on and let me know what you think of it. When it comes to you leaving a legacy for Audrey, when I mean, you you build a legacy, you build it, you build it, you let it brew, and then you know when when they're growing up and you know when when life changes, that's kind of when that legacy kind of gets passed on. What kind of things are important to you that you truly want to pass on to Audrey? Uh, the most important is I want Audrey to know if something ever happened to me or, you know, whenever I pass that, you know, I don't want to ever think, well, I don't know if my dad loved me. Like that is something I, I want her to know with, with as, as much as we know the sky is blue, I want her to know that her dad loves her, that her dad was, and then, you know, she is my number one and always will be. So having that type of legacy um, or, or something that she knows, something that, um, you know, my dad did love me and he did everything that he possibly could for me. And that's something I think that, um, or that's something I know that she's going to have because it's going to, I'm going to show it to her. There's no way for me to prove that to her other than showing it to her. Um, and that, and that started when she was born. Um, so that's something I want her to, to carry on. Um, and, and maybe, you know what, it wouldn't be a bad thing for her to know that her dad was a little blunt sometimes. It wouldn't be a bad thing for, for her to know that and, and pass on to maybe my grandkids and, uh, and that I worked hard. I, I, you know, I do work hard, uh, and it's all for her. So um, just a loving, compassionate, um, like I said, sometimes blunt dad. And that's, that's something I, I think uh, would be would, – I, I, I would be happy with that, I think. Yeah, I think that she'll definitely carry that with her. You know, it's kind of funny as you're as you're talking here and we're we're interviewing you. I'm like, man, there's a distinct difference between Steffiari and now Sergeant Steffiari uh, mm-hmm. and Chase the dad. Um, yeah. There's there's a huge difference there, but it's a beautiful difference. And so, um, man, I just want to commend you for what you're doing for her um, and for you guys as a team, because um, I think there's a very, uh, I would say it's distinct on, on Facebook. When I look at you, look at pictures of you guys, there's there's something there that's different and it's a good different. And so good job, keep it up. Um, you're three and a half years into this and you got 15 more to go, man. So, yeah. so you know, keep making those memories, keep working hard for her, keep loving on her. And um, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that, that she will carry that um, with her for forever. Well, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate you guys um, reaching out to me. Um, John, I mean, I, I love to see your zoo that you do have. Um, it's certainly, you put me to shame with how many, with what you juggle yourself. Don't think I don't notice it. Um, but, uh, man, I mean, you do. Uh, when is it time for you guys to get too many vans at this point? I mean, um, you've, got, you've got yourself, I like to call it, you got yourself a flock a flock. So, That's a new a one. Flock. That's a new one. <laughs> and you have, you guys have a flock. So, um, I, you know, hats off to you, man. You, you were, you were a family dude, family guy and basic training. And that's something I, that's one of my f- distinct things I remember about you, um, in our first interaction. Um, so, uh, and Brandon, thank you. Uh, don't know much about you. I know you got, you know, two boys, but thank you for, for having me. I certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. It's, just an incredible honor being able to hear your story and your perspective on daddyhood. And it's really cool that for one, I mean, this is, we, we have big hopes and dreams for this podcast uh, and you are our first guest, which is just really very cool. And I, 
I don't think we could have done any better. This is fantastic with your story, with your character, with your love for Audrey. The, you, this is fantastic. So thanks for being a part of this. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. I, um, I wouldn't have been on any other podcast anyway. So thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man. All right, John, any last words for you? No, I, I think you're, you're the star today. So thank you very much. Sweet. All right. All right. Take care, man. And, uh, we'll have you on again. Awesome. I'll be more than glad to. So thank you guys. Have a good night. All right. Thank you so much guys for joining us on episode number two of Daddyhood rocks. And what a great guest with Chase Steffiari and including his magical poop story. So, John, what did you think of having your friend, your buddy from from back when as our first guest? You know, like I said, it was kind of weird, Brandon, <laughs> call him Chase. Uh, it just didn't feel natural. But, man, uh, I couldn't have thought of a better guest. I, I think that that was a perfect first guest for our show. Um, and, man, it just leads us into... Uh, bigger and better things, I think. Speaking of bigger and better, you have a story you want to allude to for next one, next episode? Yeah, I think uh, next episode we might talk about uh, kids' questions about our dangling participles. Um, there's all sorts of them. <laughs> yes, indeed, there are. All right, with that said, thanks so much for being a part of this. Go ahead and follow us comment interact with us because we'd love to hear from you if you have any other ideas how you want daddyhood rocks to to rock and roll all right with that said take care daddyhood rocks don't forget to follow us on all the social media instagram facebook twitter don't forget to follow us on youtube as well we will put out new episodes every friday evening just for you for dad so you can be engaged level up and have fun being a dad. Thanks for listening to the Daddyhood Rocks podcast.